Good evening to everyone <clears throat> responding on stream to this uh, service from Gospel Assembly Church in Mississauga, Ontario, Canada, Wednesday, September the 8th, 2021. It's indeed a privilege to share the Word of God. It's a blessing to everyone that can respond respond to what is being delivered. God has had mercy upon us, and he has uh, had mercy across the entire world, but his mercies will not continue forever. There must be a response to what is and uh, respect and uh, to receive what is being dispensed, because God still loved the world, the one that gave his begotten son that whosoever believe in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. I know there are several of our saints who are not well in their bodies, and uh, there is so many other needs, but we serve a God that, that, uh, uh, that knows everything, and we need to and we should commit our ways unto him and ask him, if we ask anything according to his will, in his name, he will do it, and I believe that. I know tonight will be a wonderful time as we open our hearts and our hearts and uh, to receive what God has for us. Let's uh, give him uh, thanks tonight and respond in a positive way. I want to just bring these needs to the Lord at this time. Remember every man of God that is taking forth the message that is positive for this time. Eternal God and our Father, we are thankful that you are our strength. There is nothing hid from you. As we meet tonight, there will be no re reserve in our hearts. But we thank you, Lord, for your servant that you have a place in our midst. Continue, Lord, to touch Brother Singh. Strengthen him in his body, in every aspect, to your will and to your honor. Lord, the saints that are here, I ask that, oh God, that you will help us continually. Grant us victory after victory after victory. Every man of God, every servant of thine, worldwide, even at this time, troublesome times, but, O oh God, sustain them, I pray thee, as you have sustained your servants in the past. We believe you and thank you for what you're doing on our behalf. Amen. Amen. <clears throat> Jesus, praise 
sins. This way get a, get a sterilizing cloth and wipe away our rebellion, get our things cleansed. We're glad to be in church here on a Wednesday night. And um, I want those of you that are here, I thank you for being here. And I want those following us online to sincerely Join us in the chorus we'll sing. We'll sing one more chorus, and I want you sincerely join us, and we'll sing, Heavenly Father, we appreciate you. <clears throat> Praise the Lord. God is good, and we want to appreciate the Lord for everything that he has done in our lives. Amen. Congregation, you can stand and join me tonight in singing this chorus. We'll sing it about four times. Heavenly Father, we appreciate you. We love you. Bless the Lord, we pray. 
can be seated. Wednesday night we are just a few people gathered in church here and uh, those that are following us um, we appreciate online that you follow us. You know Facebook discipleship has nothing to do with discipleship. Facebook Discipleship has nothing to do with discipleship. The discipleship that Jesus uh, demanded in Matthew, the uh, 16th chapter, I was looking at that here earlier. In Matthew, the 16th chapter, uh, when Jesus said to his disciples, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself. Step number one, deny yourself. Step number two, take up your cross and follow me. And he goes on to say that whosoever will save his life will lose it. And whosoever will lose his life for my sake, the same will find it. Very, very serious uh, thought that Jesus uh, passed on to his disciples here. And you notice, this is not done in the early parts of Matthew's Gospel. This is way down in the 16th chapter, all the way down to the 16th chapter, when the disciples were already following the Lord, and he reminded them about discipleship. Like I said before, you cannot serve God at your convenience. Now, I'll be preaching a gospel, and I'll be preaching uh, for as long as the Lord give me strength. Yesterday, I overworked myself. I had to get some things done, and, and I forgot that I have an injured ankle that can only take two hours of standing on it. I think I did five or six hours yesterday trying to get some things done. I preach a gospel that I try to live. I feel that every one of us must prepare for the future. Uh, when I say prepare for the future, I'm not at that age where I'm thinking a good professional skill or something like that. No, I'm at that age where the future that I'm preparing for is that life would soon end. And when life is ended, I want to make sure my will documents are sorted out. I want to make sure that uh, my house is not full of clutter, things that pertain to me. Um, the garage, for example, is one of my responsibilities. And I want to make sure there's nothing sitting in that garage that I really don't need to sit there that if something happens to me and I die, my family wouldn't know what to do with all the junk I collected. So ever so often, and now I'm doing that, I'm cleaning house first. And uh, when I clear everything, it hurts me 
to put something in a Salvation Army box. You know, what am, what am I doing with five hinges? Somebody give it to me. You know those little door stoppers? When you open your door, there's a little wire. I've got like 35. Somebody give me 35 and I kept it. And I'm saying, what am I going to do with all of these things? So I'm putting them all in boxes, screws and bolts and everything like that that I don't think I need to put away clear clutter. Then I've got to go clear clutter in my closets. Every little paraphernalia uh, that you kept for years that you really don't need to keep, you need to get rid of. And so spending five or six hours yesterday on my feet uh, really was a traumatic thing today. Now I'm fine, but today all day, the ankle was not recovering. And I got up, I got up at about one o'clock, 1.30, and it was raining outside. And so I said, let me relax my mind. And I went out and sat in front of the house in the front porch. Rain was not coming in, it was really beautiful. And listen to the rain fall and look at the, uh, what's happening out there. <clears throat> you know, nature relaxes you. And so all of that I'm doing, but the fact is I am at that age right now, we can't think about what profession I will pursue. I leave that to the kids. Uh, when they reach my age, if they failed in life, they would have already been a massive failure. Now is the time when they need to think for the future. Solomon made a statement. I've got my finger here in Matthew 7, 16 still, but I'm turning back to Solomon's writing. And uh, in the... Uh, book of Ecclesiastes. He made a statement here, and I want us parents to help our young people, young children, to understand what Scripture does say. Solomon said in, in Rome, uh, Ecclesiastes chapter 12, he says, Remember now thy, thy Creator. The best time to serve God is not when you're old, the best time to start serving God is laying some religious and spiritual foundation in your life. Remember now thy creator in the days of thy youth. Uh, the days of your youth, you have zeal and enthusiasm. I'm not sure if Solomon was living today for you to write this over. Because the days of thy youth today, the youth are less active. You know, the ungodly people are active, but those that are in church and are serving the Lord, they're less active. Uh, maybe religion has dulled their minds rather than sharpening it. But Solomon says, in the days of thy youth, while the evil days, evil days is actually old age. Uh, evil days is old age. Um, we're getting to that place that... Um, you know, the people don't talk loud anymore. Uh, they don't speak loud anymore, and that's why we can't hear. Uh, can you please speak up? And they're speaking, and uh, we can't hear. It's not that they, people don't speak loud anymore. It's that your hearing is being depleted. It says, uh, when the evil days, they call it evil days, not a year's drawn nigh, when thou shalt say, I have no pleasure in them. 
I'm not at that stage yet. I love the life. I love the day. I love the rain. I love the stars. I love nature. I uh, seek God early. Get up and seek the Lord early. I believe that both ways. Seek him in your youth as well as seek him. Let the sun, see the sun rise. It puts strength and energy into you. Even though I don't have anything to do, I'm enjoying uh, this season. I really am. I, I get up and I sit up there. I can't do as much as I used to do, but I enjoy the days. I'm not at that age where I say, oh God, today's another day. Well, some of us, we ache in our bodies and we have problems in our lives. I've got lots of pains every day. But nothing to compare with some people. You know, like my pain, I can cope with it. Like I've got hair pain and their pain and, you know, aches all over. I go down and I can't get up. I have that problem every day when I sit in the corner to pray, to get up. But it's still a beautiful day. I'm not at that stage where I don't love life. I love life. Half a life, Solomon says, a living dog is better than a dead lion. Uh, hold your finger in Ecclesiastes. Uh, we're in Solomon here today. I think I want um, uh, Ecclesiastes, the, uh, somewhere there, someone help me here. Um, <clears throat> it's either Proverbs or Ecclesiastes. He says, a living dog. Uh, thank you. But before we go to Ecclesiastes 9 and verse 4, it's uh, here in chapter 3 of Ecclesiastes. Uh, Solomon writes and he says, For that which befalleth the sons of men, befalleth beasts. The same thing that hits the son of men, animals, it happened to them also. Even as one thing befalleth them, as the one dieth, so dieth the other. We all have to die. A dog dies, a bird dies, a swallowed flies up and dies, humanity dies, a young dies, uh, the young people die, and the old one dies. And so it's a reality of life. I know we miss our family and things like that uh, when someone dies. I told Chandri just the other day, I said, when you die, I really miss you being there. I will not be the same person anymore. I said, told her, I said the other day, and in the night when she is in her room and I go on quietly, uh, she goes to bed late, I go to bed early. I wake up early and she tries to get some sleep late, right? When I say late, we're not talking the sun catching her in bed. No, she's up before that. But um, you go and sometimes you look at that and you think about what's going to happen one of these days. Either she come to find me or I'm finding her and there's no one there. And someone says, don't, don't think about it. I'm thinking about it because it's a fact. Amen. Okay, and I'm preparing from it for it because it's a fact. I believe everyone should have a, a will because it's a fact. It is something that you cannot escape from. And Solomon says uh, in chapter 3 and verse 19, they all have one, he says, even as one thing befalleth them, as one dieth, so dieth the other. Yea, they all have one bread, so that the man hath no preeminence above a beast. For all is vanity. Vanity means short life.
Today is there, tomorrow it's gone. It's, don't, don't boast in, in some things that are temporary. It says here, all go on to one place. It doesn't mean heaven or hell. Uh, it means all go into the dust. All go into one place. All are of the dust and all turn to dust again. No matter what you say, you turn to dust again. And we're living in a different age where uh, we make a lot of fuss about a funeral. In the early days, in the Bible, in the Jewish days, when you died, they didn't keep you more longer than a day. From what I understand, they don't keep you longer than a day. In our age, you can be kept for three months. In those days, they kept you no longer than a day, and they take you out and bury you. They wrap you in a cotton. There's no casket. There's no big um, uh, celebration. There are no flowers, all of this stuff that commercial uh, Babylon is making a profit of. It's not all of that. They didn't make the thing pretty. You die, cry. When Lazarus was dead, even though Jesus knew he'll resurrect him, he cried. Jesus wept. The shortest verse in the Bible. I think it's John eleven thirty five. I think I remember that. Uh, he wept. And we need, crying is good. Uh, we need to weep. Uh, but when the person is dead, they're gone. Uh, they're not there anymore. And uh, all gone to one place, all gone to the dust, all are of the dust. They all turn to dust again. Who know it? Who is it that know it? That the spirit of man goes up and the spirit of the dog goes down. Who know it? Nobody knows that. Uh, it's one breath. It's the breath. Uh, when they see the body, a man's body, from my understanding, and I'm saying my understanding, and my church should follow my understanding. Uh, I can't, uh, if someone is telling a different fancy story, I will examine it, and if it's not true, I would never preach it. I wouldn't stand in this pulpit and say that every preacher is entitled to his own interpretation. Every man of God is entitled to one interpretation. Amen. Not every preacher, you do what you want. You know, today in today's world, the name Jesus is used like cheese is used on a mousetrap. To gather people. No, I would like God just to give us the elect, those he is working with. They're not always wonderful. You think the 12 disciples Jesus had were all the cream of the crop in Israel? No, they were tough guys. They were people with problems. He says, who knoweth that the spirit of man goeth upward and the spirit of the beast that goeth downward to the earth? Wherefore, I perceive that there is nothing better than that a man should rejoice in the works of his, uh, his own works, for this is his portion, for he shall uh, bring him to see, and what shall be, uh, and what shall be after, after him. And then chapter 9, is it? In chapter 9 of Proverbs, <clears throat> it says, verse 4, sorry, Ecclesiastes, uh, verse 4, chapter 9 and verse 4. It says, for to him that is joined to all that is living, there is hope. You know, when you're alive, there is hope. Um, there is a beautiful scripture. I don't know if I can find it. It's in Isaiah. 
and I'm, I, I know I'm fishing around a few things here. What I was planning to preach on, it looks like that's already uh, not going to happen. But there is a scripture that says something like the living, the living. The, he knows that he shall die. Uh, <clears throat> there, no, there's a, there's a beautiful scripture in, in Isaiah. I can't find it right now. So let's not even bother with that. It says, uh, <clears throat> for to him that is joined to all the living, there is hope for a living dog is better than a dead lion. Uh, not that a dog is superior to a lion, but in death. A lion is dead. The dog that's alive is better off. I don't know about a sick dog. Even then, life is always better than death. But then sometimes our body aches and we come to uh, have a lot of suffering on this body and death is God's way to eliminate, the, to bring an end to our suffering in this world if we're suffering. And if we have aches and pains, and he goes on, for the living know that they shall die, verse 5. The living, you and I, know that they shall die, but the dead know not anything. Neither have they any more a reward, for the memory of them is forgotten. The dead, there's no knowledge nor uh, wisdom in the grave. It's also their love and their hatred and their envy is perished. It's gone. You can't hate people when you're dead. It says, neither have they any more a portion forever in anything that is done under the sun. A beautiful area of the Word of God. And so some of the things that we have to understand is that we need to prepare our lives. Uh, when you're young, prepare to have a good, uh, good job, a good vocational skill uh, that you can uh, pursue. You want a good education. You don't want to waste your life. Uh, like my dad said, uh, he said lost uh, health uh, could be restored by medical science. He said lost wealth by commerce and industrial uh, enterprises. And he goes down the line, he says, but lost time is gone forever. You can never recover time that's wasted. And it is important that we redeem the time. Paul says, because the days are evil. And so you think about all of this, and then we come back here to, uh, to where we were. Uh, chapter 12 of Ecclesiastes. Ecclesiastes chapter 12, where Solomon is writing here, and he says, I remember now thy creator in the days of thy youth. He says, while the evil days come not, not a year's draw nigh when thou shalt say, I have no pleasure in them. While the sun or the light or the moon or the stars be not darkened. It's not that they're darkened, it's that your vision, it's not 2020 anymore. It's uh, you've lost your vision. I'm wearing glasses. Uh, before they invented glasses, I wonder what those poor people will do. Uh, the other day I was telling someone that, uh, tell me something, Abraham. Uh, he was the father of faith. Isaac was uh, next in line. And Isaac, as he got old, he had two sons. And he could not see because his vision was gone. His vision was gone. He could not see properly. And so he wanted to bless his son before he died. And the one he wanted to bless was his elder son, uh, Esau, who was a hairy man. Right? And so the mother, uh, she tricked him. 
and she got uh, Jacob to go and uh, cook some, some kill a goat and cook the meat. And he would think it's venison because that's what Isaac wanted. He wanted venison, deer meat, uh, cooked for him uh, so he can eat it before he dies and bless his son Esau. And uh, what uh, Jacob and his mom did, uh, they took a goat, killed a goat, cooked the meat, and they took the hair of the goat and paste, uh, you know, plaster it on uh, Jacob's hand because he was not a hairy person, Esau was. And then he went to his father and his, he stretched out his hand and he says, Dad, here is your meat. Um, I brought it for you. Eat this venison and bless me. And Jake, uh, Isaac wanted to make sure he was blessing the right man. And so he reached out and touched the arms and felt goat hair, goat's hair. And he said, oh, it's, it's Esau. Now, between you and I, you close your eyes and you feel a man's hand and you feel a hand with goat's skin on it. You can't tell the difference. Anybody could tell the difference, unless you're so old and starting to become senile that you can tell too much of the difference. And I believe that's what happened, uh, that you get old and you can't tell the difference because he would have heard Jacob's voice. Uh, he would have known what venison tastes like, different than goat meat. You understand what I'm saying? And so you get old and the old age comes in and you can't see and you lose your senses and you get the touch of dementia. You get arthritis, you got blindness, you got dementia. The sun is not bright anymore. The bulbs, they don't make them bright anymore. That's because you're getting old and this body is losing its vibrancy and it's starting to go. And it says here, uh, the, in the day when the keepers of the house shall tremble. It is such a sad thing. When you see someone, and I saw one of the, my fellow ministers and I uh, met with him some years ago, not four years or five years ago. And he was very strong, one of the strong men that was standing in the pulpit and preached with power. When I met him, he was uh, pushing a walker, you know, like those little uh, walkers that you travel with. And he comes like this to shake my hand and his hand had uh, Parkinson's, uh, he's shaking like this. And it's not the anointing of God, it's old age. And these things that happen to your body, you don't die, ever die because you're healthy. You die because you're sick. Uh, the greatest men that ever lived on this earth had to die. It's an inevitable fact that we have to face. Death is real, death is real. And uh, we have to prepare for it. Uh, those of us that are older have to prepare for it. And even the younger ones, there's no respect for what age you would have uh, before you die. Here it says, it says, uh, in the day when the keepers of the house shall tremble and the strong men shall bow themselves. Your back goes down. I remember uh, there's someone I knew. Uh, when we met them first, it was like this. A strong, vibrant man. And we loved the people, loved the family. And then uh, the last time I saw him, he was like this. 
and pushing a little walker. His back was gone. Listen, it's not because he sinned. We all have sinned. It's because old age comes in and takes your life away slowly, gradually. Uh, men are like Brother Goodwin that died of a heart attack and are gone. That don't have to live in old age and suffer. God bless him. Uh, you know, he's gone. Preach the last message like he told me. He says, I prefer to die in the pulpit with a heart attack than play on the golf course with a heart attack. And so there is life and we must learn to live. We must learn to live. Uh, when Sister Carol puts the little things that she is on the path going down and see the beauty. I love that. You know, I wish I had the, the kind of energy that we could go down and look at things. I love a good sunrise. I love the good sunset. I love to walk, drive in the fall. Uh, we will take off and go in the fall and see every fall leaf that falls off with a various color. It's amazing. I pick them up. I'll pick a leaf up and admire its beauty. But isn't it something that in the fall, the leaves are so colorful but that's just prior to their long winter death-like sleep. Just before that happens. And I want to see individuals that can come to the place of following the Lord so good that when it's almost time to leave, you have a vibrancy and a zeal and enthusiasm. You're not dying of some old attitude and bad attitude. You're dying... Uh, you're dying because something is wrong with you. Elisha, who did double the miracles that Elijah did, he died of a sickness. It killed him. He died of a sickness. Abraham died because he was sick and he had to die. Uh, great men, Einstein had to die. You can't cheat death, but we've got a hope in the resurrection, and that makes a difference. And here Solomon Right, just a few more verses here. He says, In the day when the keepers of the house shall tremble, and the strong men shall bow themselves, and the grinders, that's your teeth, your grinders shall cease because they're few. I'm so glad that it, mine is still there. You know? I'm so glad that mine is still there. And when I smile with you, you think I've got real good, perfect teeth. My teeth is still there. But I had caps put on these because when you come from Guyana, they have gold, little things with gold at the side. And I remove all the gold stuff. I want gold in the bank, not in my mouth. And so uh, they had to cap them. And the doctor told me, the dentist told me it's going to last for 20 years. It's guaranteed for 20 years. Last between, and then he said 15 to 20. Okay. Well, God has been good. It's over 35 years that these things are sitting here. And I want them to last until I'm ready to go. So when I'm in my casket, I can have a good smile. You know, now I'm thinking that the reality is there. We that are on the other side, Brother John, have to think about the fact that we're not going to be around for long. We have to face. It's not going to be a sudden shock like we think we're going to live forever and suddenly somebody dies. No, we can die anytime. Uh, we always have conversation about when we die, what will happen. But you see, death is pampered in the world today. They make all kinds of fuss. When you're dead, somebody's getting rich. 
from your death. When the Old Testament people die, they wrap you in cotton and put you down. That's what they did. And today, I think the Muslims, they, they try to do the same. And I'm not sure about the Jews, what they did today, but uh, I think they follow pretty well, follow the, the customs, and they try to do, I don't know, but I'm telling you, originally, that was what was happening. And it goes on and on and on. But before we go any further, I want to take you down to uh, refresh our minds with the 49th chapter of the uh, Psalms, the 49th chapter of the Psalms. Uh, it says, <clears throat> hear this, all you people, give ear, all you inhabitants of the world, uh, both low, everyone, psalm of, uh, it says a psalm of the sons of Korah. It's not a psalm of David, but it's a psalms of the sons of Korah. I'm so glad they did not follow that. But they were able to write some psalms and some religious uh, things that you can put. In this Psalm 49, it says, uh, Hear this, all ye people, and give ear, all you inhabitants of the whole world. They did not limit this psalm just to the Christians or to the children of God in that period of time. They said, both low and high, both rich and poor, together, listen to us. It says, uh, this psalm is saying, my mouth shall speak of wisdom, and the meditations of my heart shall be of understanding. I will incline my ear to a parable, and I will open my dark saying upon the harp. So this was one that he was singing upon a harp. He says, Wherefore should I fear in the days of evil, when the iniquity of my heel shall come past me about? He says, They that, that trust in their wealth and boast themselves in the multitude of their riches. And that's the period of time we're coming into, where, you know, we're living in a period of time that's traumatic. It's a different age altogether. And uh, we are children of God, and we're trying our best to serve God. But then you serve God in the midst of all these people, and you see the wealthy, and uh, it seems like the children of God are always poor, and they don't have a lot, and they give their money to the church. You know, I thank you, those of you that have contributed towards uh, sending that offering to Sister Modest for the schooling of her boys, one-year schooling. And uh, it was a total of $650 that they need. Canadian money, by the time you change it over, it's like thousands of other whatever they're using. But it's a good thing for us to be there for her. Uh, she is injured. And I'm glad that some of you have contributed every month uh, for her monthly support. We send a little gift for her every month. Uh, we're not rich, but we can share our strength, Right. And uh, the psalm, this psalmist is saying here, it says they boast themselves in their wealth. None of them shall by any means redeem his brother. There's a difference with a rich man and a saved man. A saved man can redeem his brother. He can, he can pray and ask God to help him. Uh, when I fail to pray, uh, the, every, in, if I fail to pray every, and I'm in the morning when I'm supposed to pray, it's a miserable day. And uh, while, you know, I was up last night and I'm looking at the rain and 
Um, I'm ready to go to bed in about an hour, about 2.30. I said, okay, I'll go back to bed, and then I must rise up at a certain time. See, when you mess up your nights, you have to set a clock to alarm to wake you up to go pray. And um, uh, the psalmist goes on here. Time is running out on us. He says in verse 10, For he seeth that wise men die, likewise the fool and the brutish person perish. They leave their wealth to others. Money is not going to save you. No matter how expensive your casket is, what is in the casket and the life you live, that is important. And there's coming a day that will determine uh, what kind of life you lived. Uh, if we're a bunch of hypocrites, it will, there comes a day when it will come against us. For we see that wise men die, verse 11, their inward thought is, the wise man, his inward thought is that their houses shall continue forever and their dwelling places to all generations. They call their lands after their own names. And that is what, they, not only in modern day, but they did that back there. They call their lands. This is the property of so-and-so. And their children gets their name according to their trade. And we are living in that time where uh, we can see that the world is in confusion right now. The only hope we have is confidence in God. Uh, because you can have $5 million in the bank, and if the money market crashes, you'll be sorry, especially when you put your confidence in that. Now, I'm not saying you should not save. People should save. Uh, people should think about the future. I think about the future, even though it's a short one left ahead of me, but I think about it and I must prepare for it because one day I'm going to die, just like everybody else. And today I must start preparing for that time. And I must preach the gospel more than I've ever done in my entire life to make sure that this message that God has placed on my life would reach out and save individuals. It might not save the world, but it will equip a few people with enough knowledge that they can pursue to be in the bride of Christ or in the second phase of the first resurrection and be a governing element in the kingdom of God. And that is what we are all hoping for, this life. You see, in God's mind, in God's eye, this is no time. 6,000 years, 10,000 years, 100,000 years, there's no time in God's mind. It's all like a moment because he lives in eternity without the distinction of present, past, and future. And so uh, the psalmist is writing here. He says, and he talks about their inward thought is that the houses will last forever. Nevertheless, man being in honor abideth not. He is like the beast of the field that perish. Same, same concept. Uh, no matter how honorable you are, one of these days... Uh, when uh, Queen Elizabeth is ready for it, like she's not ready at all. When she's ready for it, she is going to die. Uh, Alexander the Great had to die. Caesar had to die. Uh, the greatest kings that ever lived on this earth had to die. And you and I will have to die one day. And we'll have to prepare ourselves for it. Amen. And the best preparation is getting your heart right with God. Because Paul made a statement. I'm going to finish this up here. Uh, remind me, I'm coming back here. 
He says in verse 14, Like sheep they are laid in, in the grave, death shall feed on them, but the upright shall have dominion over them in the morning. That is in the morning of the Lord's day, when the dawning of the kingdom comes, when the, resur- when the dead shall be resurrected. And here, over here in, in uh, 1 Corinthians, the 15th chapter, and I've got less than 10 minutes to talk to you here as we conclude this lesson. Uh, Paul makes a statement here. We're talking of preparing for the inevitable, preparing for death. I'm thinking today I was looking at some photographs of Timothy when he was small. And uh, there he is, and I'm giving him a, a bucket, and he's stretching out to, give, to reach out to me. I remember when J.J. was born, uh, you know how cute he was. Uh, but, um, uh, you know, you think about life and look at, look at them, how they grow. Uh, when your kids were born, how they were cute and chugs. And then they grow to be adults. Time is moving on us. And this year seems to increase the speed of time a little faster in spite of the calamities. And here in, Psalm, in 1 Corinthians 15, Paul says, I want a verse where he says, If in this life we have uh, if in this time we have life we are men most miserable and and um, uh, it says verse 19 okay I want it from 16 he says um, he says for the dead if the dead rise not he says if there is no resurrection you see resurrection listen to me uh, to be resurrected one must have to die Right? This is our hope. If we can just, the, the, the beautiful things of this world is going to end. The hope we have is beyond this world. I'm enjoying this world. Can you imagine what the kingdom is going to be like? Can you imagine what trees are going to be like? When God created the Garden of Eden, uh, it says every tree was pleasant to look upon. Every tree was pleasant to look upon. Can you imagine what a sunset looked like? Can you imagine what the skies looked like? Can you imagine what the starry skies in the night looked like? And I believe there was such a power, the power of God in creation was such a wonderful thing that I read some uh, some material some time ago and I have a, I still think I have the VHS on uh, the, the symphony, it's called the symphony of creation, where a person dared to, to say that when God created the heavens, the twinkling of the stars, there was like music in the air. Uh, we did not need rain to water the earth. There was a mist that came up and watered the earth. And everything was good to look upon. That's what the creation says. The first day, and God saw that it was good. And the evening and the morning was the first day. And then God saw it was good, and the evening and the morning were the second day. You know, and it goes on all the way. And that's how it is. And Paul is writing here, he says, If the dead rise not, then Christ is not raised. And if Christ is not raised, your faith is in vain. We believe that Jesus was resurrected from the dead. He was resurrected from the dead, and so we are faith is not in vain. 
Then that which befalleth the son, then they which have fallen asleep in Christ are perished, if Christ did not resurrect. He says, if in this life only we have hope, it's sad. If in this life only we have hope in Christ. Now it means, Paul is saying that Christ is alive. I have hope, praise the Lord, I accepted Jesus as my Savior in my heart. You know, whatever, where is true or false. We know that the Lord offers us in this life salvation. But if this is all he offers, it's time to be miserable. I wish no one dies, but that's just a wish. We have to die because Paul puts it beautiful unless you... Uh, that the seed, the fruit dies and is, it suffers death and is placed in the ground, it would not come to life again. Amen. Paul says, ex, uh, except that seed dies and is placed in the ground, it will not bring forth fruit. He, thou fool, he says, thou sowest not, uh, he says, um, uh, his house, he says, thou fool, thou sowest not that uh, which is, that so thou fool, that which thou sowest is not quicker, except it die. I'm trying to rush and my tongue gets tangled up a little bit here. But coming back here in verse 19, he says, If in this life only we have hope, we are men most miserable. Then Christ, uh, now is Christ risen from the dead and become the first fruits of them that slept. In other words, he is the first fruit. So we are not going to only have hope in this life. We are hoping that he would come back and the rest of the fruits would be resurrected. The resurrection is our hope. The bank is not our hope. Our job is not our hope. We enjoy a little bit of this world. Can you imagine how we'll enjoy the world to come? And I had not seen nor ear heard, neither has it entered into the heart of man the things that God has prepared for them. So you today, Sister Pam, the arthritis, Jesus in the heart, and I'm glad that you can make it out. And with all the pains and agony, you can still come and try to get on that bus and travel and sterilize this place and keep everything perfect. You know what? Because your hope is not only in this life, it is that which is to come. Can you imagine when he gives you a new body and your body is full of life and vibrancy. Amen. Sinbad would have, you know, his hair would not be falling off. But he'd have more hair and life would be something else. It is hard and impossible to figure it out. But life in this world is enjoyable. But that which is to come is what we hope for. So if in this life only we have hope, we are men most miserable. But our hope is the resurrection. But the Bible tells us that uh, this is the hope that Israel had. This is the hope that all the apostles had. Uh, because Christ resurrected, then they which are fallen asleep in Christ shall be come forth. And he will descend from heaven with a shout and the voice of the archangel. And the dead in Christ shall rise first then those that are alive when he comes shall be caught up together to meet them in the air. Somebody says, it's impossible, it's not going to happen. Well, the person that would say that is a person that believed there was a big bang and the whole world started. 
I don't know which one I would like to, how I could believe that and disbelieve this. You see, I believe the word of God. And in, we have hope beyond this life. Let's prepare for the inevitable. Let's plan for the future. You that are young, plan for the future. You that are getting to a certain age, plan for that which is inevitable. Let's not be naive to the reality of life and the reality of death. Let's pray. Father, we thank you, Lord, uh, this evening for this time we spent in your house. We thank you, Father, that we can live here in this miserable world and still enjoy life and enjoy the little pleasures that we can have, O oh God, from nature and this beautiful world that's around us. Father, we thank you for your creation. Even in a fallen state, it is so beautiful, but we anticipate the future and we hope for that which is to come when the dead would be resurrected and the kingdom of God would be established where there'd be peace and tranquility forever. Father, please help us to continue this journey uh, to make the necessary sacrifices and to reach that position where we can be qualified to be resurrected, Father. Keep us encouraged, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen and amen.